You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson. What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning and their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices, as well as storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. So what's the best way to stay up to date on all of the fun? You download the Odyssey app, you search Pucks and Bolts, you hit the auto-download button so that all brand new episodes are just sitting there waiting for you. And you do not want to miss an episode, seeing as how we are gearing up towards playoffs right now. And there's a lot going on at the Tampa Bay Lightning organization and some roster movement. So download the Odyssey app, hit the auto-download button. I am your host. Casey Hudson and it's time for us to dive into a brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts. As you guys know we like to get things going with the breakout and while the Bolts hit the road after having such success over their last three games only allowing one goal Bassey making 99 saves and posting two shutouts we thought that there was gonna be a lot of excitement heading into this uh stretch through New York starting with the Rangers closing out with the Islanders before the guys head up north true north to the Ottawa Senators The unfortunate news is the fact that they've allowed six goals over the last two straight games, resulting in two L's. But one winning situation in this circumstance is the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning captain, Steven Stamkos, skated in his 1,000th NHL game. One guy to wear the same sweater for all of these milestones that he's piling up, 500 goals, 500 assists, 1,000 points, and now 1,000 games. So a huge congratulations to Tampa Bay Lightning captain, Steven Stamkos. Now, somebody else that deserves a little attention, well, a lot of attention because he's probably a lot of people's favorite player, regardless of what goes down throughout a season, it's defenseman Victor Hedman. He skated in his 972nd career game, tying Marty St. Louis, for the third most games played in Lightning history. Yeah, that's Victor Hedman, who is also posting up some pretty big deal situations, and obviously one of the key defensemen who's help this team contend in playoffs and then some. So shout out to Victor Hedman. He also hit that accolade the same night that the captain skated in his 1,000th game. As you guys know, these are things that will be celebrated once the guys get back onto home ice. Now, kind of back to the mucky news, if you will. It's the fact that before the Islanders game yesterday, Sorelli, Hagel, and Chernak were all ruled out versus the Islanders. We know Sorelli got banged up in the game versus the New York Rangers. We didn't really see him come back in that third period. Hagel was a bit of a surprise. Chernak, some people are speculating, might just be a body maintenance thing. Uh, We talked to Coach Cooper on Saturday after they had that shutout versus the Islanders back home in Tampa Bay. And when somebody kind of asked what's going to be the maintenance on these guys now that you've clinched playoffs, now that you have a couple games left before getting ready to take on Toronto, now as we've officially confirmed in Toronto will be the first two games of playoffs, 
what does this look like? Are you going to rest Bassey? Are you going to rest some of your top guys? And Cooper kind of scoffed around it because at the end of the day, they're still trying to solidify what this identity of this team will look like. They started to get, um, they went from a flicker to a spark. Now they're trying to really get that synergy going with all the lines and find what that core foundation is going to look like heading into playoffs with these guys getting banged up versus the Rangers and a couple other significant injuries versus the Islanders, Tanner Janot with a very, very painful looking injury. Waiting to hear what that's going to look like. Pat Maroon takes a skate to his right arm. Um, so a lot of updates that we need to figure out before the guys take on the Ottawa Senators. All this to say that Coach Cooper didn't particularly intend to rest the guys. Now that might be a little bit different or they might not get a chance to do that because they have to figure out who's good to go, who can play, and what these new lines are going to look like. So just some touch-ons for the breakout. Before we wrap up the breakout, a little bit more positive news, even though that um, there was two losses collected in New York. You have Nick Perbix, who hit a career high of six block shots versus the Islanders. You have Mikey A. Simon, who paced the Bolts with three hits in his return to the lineup. There's been a lot of questions as to why he has been scratched and why he has not been in the lineup and if he's going to be a part of that core foundation. Between the line changes, obviously, and some of the injuries that have taken place, we could probably uh, expect to see Mikey A. Simon in the lineup more consistently. I think he brings a very specific skill set to the game, so it also depends on their opponent and what different looks Coach Cooper intends to serve to their opponent. Um, big shout-out, as usual, to Mikhail Sergachev. He has 26 power play points and has been on the power play for 45 minutes more in his career than normal, which racks up after we saw Victor Hedman go down earlier in the season and we saw Mikhail Sergachev jump to that top line on the power play and then continue to hold down that spot when Victor Hedman returned to the lineup. You kind of knew where things were going. And of course, before the unfortunate injury, we were seeing such great things out of that fourth line, Tanner Janot, Corey Perry, and Bellamar all together. So Stay up to date with us here at Pucks and Bolts so that we can let you know what's going on with Tanner Janot, with the other guys that were out versus the Islanders, who will be healthy to go versus the Ottawa Senators Saturday at 7 p.m. up at Ottawa. And before we jump into takeaways, be sure to follow our guest at Henry Yoho coming up next. What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning and their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty, and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games, practices, and storylines from your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. So how do you stay up to date on all of the fun? You download the Odyssey app, you search Pucks and Bolts, you hit the auto-download button so that all brand new episodes are just sitting there waiting for you, especially now as we're getting ready to head into that playoff push versus Toronto, as you guys know. So you don't want to miss any episodes coming up. Download the Odyssey app. I'm your host, Casey Hudson. Time for us to dive into a brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts. And finally, with a new guest here, Henry Yoho from Bolts by the Bay. Henry, what's going on? We talked a little bit before getting you on the show. How are you doing on Friday? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Of course. Um, we've chatted a little bit in the press box, and then I was like, wait, we have to get this guy's take on everything going on because, of course, this team is never short of having so much going on. So we're just going to dive into the biggest topic, the biggest conversation right now this morning on this Friday. Back-to-back -back losses for the Bolts. They've allowed six goals straight over the last two games. After coming off of such a success and momentum, getting the defense together, they allowed only three goals. I mean, one goal over their last three games. Uh, what's your takeaway from the back-to-back -back losses in New York? 
Yeah, like you mentioned, um, you know, they had started to get the game going in the right direction. And these two last games have seen a bit of a step back. Um, you know, at, at this point in the season, to me, I don't think that the uh, results, you know, matter so much as the wins and losses uh, compared to the team playing the right way. And I, I don't think that the team played particularly bad, at least over the last two games, at least like relative to giving up six goals in each game. Like that obviously seems pretty bad. I don't think they played as bad as that looks. Um, but for me, you know, the concern more lies with the uh, the injuries that have kind of piled up over the last two games. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of where my concern lies rather than, you know, the wins and losses because that doesn't really matter so much to this team considering that their playoff spot's already locked up and so, so is their opponent and everything like that. So, Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned the injuries, which is obviously something we're going to have to touch yeah. on. A scary sight from Tanner Janot as he goes down and a lot of people are saying, you know, it, it looks like the knee. It looks like something is going to keep him out for the rest of the season. What happens now? And Coach Cooper, who is usually pretty good at keeping face and making sure that there's no level of concern rise, uh, said that it's very worrisome. What did you see when Tanner Juno went down? Do you think that he's going to potentially be out for the rest of the season? Yeah. Yeah, I know that comment um, from Coach after the game didn't, didn't seem too promising because usually he kind of downplays those things a lot. Um, but yeah, the, the injury yesterday was, it was ugly. <laughs> Simply, I, I thought it was just not, it didn't look good. Um, so at this point, I guess he just crossed fingers and hope for the best for him. Um, you know, I thought that, that that injury kind of took the wind out of the sails for the lightning in the game yesterday, because I thought they were starting to, to build some life in that game. And that injury mm-hmm. just kind of was a huge blow uh, to them yesterday. So um, yeah, you really hope that Janot's going to be able to play at some point. You know, I I think that at this point, playing again in the regular season is definitely out the door. Um, so yeah. I guess you really just, just, just hope for the best for him because obviously I think that his greatest impact would be felt in the playoffs, and that would certainly be a huge loss. Absolutely. I thought he was about to be one of the gamers for playoffs. You know, we saw yeah. Paul dial it up at the right time. Uh, Brandon Hagel was somebody that needed a little bit more time. So you really never know how it's going to swing with these guys. You mentioned something very important. It's like the wind uh, kind of was removed from the guy's sails when they started to pick things up in the second period there. You saw uh, each and every player actually rattled to some extent. And then this injury comes to Pat Maroon, somebody who has a significant role, specific, yeah. whether it's on the third line or the fourth line. Um, and now a guy like Mikey Acemont's probably going to get more ice time. What have you seen out of Acemont in the time that he was rostered with the team before being scratched the past couple of games? Yeah, no, I, I think I've really liked what, I, what I've seen from Acemont since, since coming over. Um, I thought that he's been provided like a lot of life. Uh, he's, He's a little energized bunny out there. I feel like he's just um, all over the place. He's working hard. He's creating turnovers. And I've, I've liked what he's brought so far. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if, if the lineup at full health, if he'd be a preferred option or not at this point. But considering that injuries obviously do happen, I think that he's going to be uh, f- thrown right into the, the fire here. But I, I've liked what I've seen from him. And um, as an extra forward option, I think that he's a good one. And so it, it looks at this point like, he's going to be really a part of what's going to go on here in the playoffs. And uh, I think I've liked the way that he's played so far and the style that he plays with for sure. Yeah. I was a big fan when I actually started to get a feel for his style. Um, And Mm -hmm. then I was like, why is he being scratched? I thought that he was going to start getting acclimated and become a contributing factor. I mean, he hit the ice. He 
became a part of this roster posting about four shots on goal right out the gate. And I was like, okay, something's got to land. Eventually this guy is going to be significant for the team. So it'll be interesting to see um, what the narrative is and how that plays out and what's talked about revolving around Mikey Simon's game as we get closer to playoffs uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. But with there being shuffling, with there now having to be readjustments taking place, if Tanner Janot cannot go, obviously, for the rest of the season or until later in playoffs, they typically switch to an 11-7 format. And when the game first started, you saw Hayden Fleury playing as a forward and actually racked mm-hmm. up five shots on goal. The highest total that he has had um, since last season where he accomplished that three different times. What do you think about Hayden Fleury stepping into that forward position? Do you think they would continue to try something with him there yeah that that was really an interesting development uh like you mentioned like this team hasn't been afraid to go um you know 11 forward 70 in the past um i don't think i've ever really seen them use that extra defenseman as a forward in quite a while so i think that would be definitely an interesting option because i think that they do kind of like flurry's game and playing him as a forward might be a viable option because this team hasn't really carried extra forwards the entire year and because of the cap constraints now, like they wouldn't be able to call up anybody um, to come in unless somebody's placed on a uh, long-term injured. So if, they might experiment with that, uh, the final three games of the regular season and see if that's an option for the playoffs, because uh, as it stands right now, you know, they don't have an, they don't have an extra forward on hand. So I kind of like playing around with uh, what sort of options you might have, because like we, like we said, these final three games don't really mean anything for winning and losing. You might want to see what sort of combinations might uh, sort of work out for you going into playoffs. Yeah, 100%. And if there's one thing Coach Cooper is so good at, it's creating those different looks that throw teams off. I don't think anyone would be expecting Hayden Flurry to play as a forward. I think typically they would be expecting that 11-7 format or something else to shuffle around. So definitely some things to look forward to in the next coming games here and to kind of see – if they can take these next few games and set up what their identity is going to officially look like heading into playoffs. Now, last week when the guys were at home, uh, Pat had that two goal game and and vibes were high. And then they had that shutout win to the Islanders and all the guys in the locker room were kind of saying the same thing. They're starting to find their identity. What do you think has been key parts of this identity that they were finding before this two game loss in New York? Mm -hmm. I think it all starts with defense. Uh, I think that's really the, really the core of the identity of why this team has been successful over the last, um, you know, run of years with this current group, because, uh, you know, it all starts from the net out. You know, obviously they've got Vasilevsky, the best goaltender in the league for me. Um, It all starts with defending and allowing like one goal. I think it was over three games. You know, that's really where Mm -hmm. they want to play. You always hear Cooper talk about um, wanting to keep the goals against under three in a game. That's kind of the magic number. And, um, whenever you keep it in under three, their chances of winning are significantly greater. And I think it all starts with defending. I think that's why that they were starting to feel good about where they were at. And on top of that, I think the depth was starting to show up as well over that, those, uh, those couple of wins in a row, you know, you had uh, Maroon jumping in. He had a pair of goals. Um, Darren Radish was finding himself on the score sheet. Um, Pierre Edouard Belmar had like a three assists in four games. Uh, so I think that they really liked having a lot of the depth show up after you know, the sort of skid that they were on over the last month, the scoring was pretty top heavy, which, you know, over a playoff run, you can't really sustain. So I thought the depth and the defense were the biggest things of things starting to trend in the right direction. 
Yeah, absolutely. And now with some of these key pieces probably moving around, they've got a tough matchup coming up with the Senators. Last time they met up with the Senators, they were ruled where uh, the Sens put seven goals up on these guys. Now, technically, we know that that was a takeoff in the third period after things just already looked a bit of a mess. What's the real test with facing the Senators again this week? They don't need the points, but they do have to figure some things out in their lineup and what this identity is going to look like heading into playoffs if certain guys are not available to go right away. Yeah. No, I think Ottawa presents a huge challenge because sometimes I feel like at this time of the year, the teams that are out of the playoff picture, I think Ottawa might, might technically still be in, but for all practical purposes, they're kind of out of contention. And so guys are playing for their careers and to stay in the league and they're playing, you know, just for pride at this point. I think those are sometimes the, the toughest teams to play against. And uh, Ottawa was coming in after getting smacked by Florida last night in a kind of an ugly game. So they're going to be at home and, uh, one of the last games of the season, trying to go out on a high note, uh, taking down one of the top teams in the division. So I think it's going to present a huge challenge for uh, the Lightning to try to find what they like. Uh, as far as lineup goes, uh, who knows who's going to be playing as far as uh, the injuries are concerned. You know, that, that presents a, uh, a big challenge because I thought that one of the things that I wanted to see over these last couple of games was seeing what sort of lineup that they would take in the playoffs. And now with all these guys banged up, it's going to be hard to really have a picture of that. Um, so I, you know, I would like to just see like, who's, who's really healthy at this point and what sort of uh, combinations can we find that work uh, for right now? Yeah. And the funny part about all of this is that while it's alarming to see that some of the health that you could have bragged about a week ago, go out the window at this particular moment, this team has never been short stunned of dealing with significant injuries from key players. You know, you've had a run with Steven Samkos being out. You had Brandon or uh, Braden Point beat up last year. And then you have this list of injuries that come out after the fact. So how alarming is it with these with these injuries? Like how much do you think it'll prevent their run in playoffs if certain guys are still pretty banged up and a guy like Tanner Janot gets removed from the lineup? Yeah. Yeah, like you mentioned, um, you know, the last three runs to the finals have all had significant injuries along the way. Stamco's only playing, you know, part of one game in the 2020 run and and point basically missing um you know the middle two rounds and pretty much all, most of the final last year and you saw the success that they were still able to have and those were the top end players that were were missing for long stretches of playoffs and you saw the sort of success that they were able to have and i think that um you know i guess thankfully if you want to say that some of the injuries that they have right now are, are more of like their depth pieces which mm-hmm. Every, all the, all your hands are really important, but I think as long as they have the core players intact and they're, they're real high-end guys and, of course, the goaltender, you know, going, I think that this team will always have a chance. But, um, you know, I like I said before, I, I thought that Janot's greatest impact was going to be uh, in, the, in the playoffs, and that would certainly be a huge blow. Um, so, you know, it, it is what it is at this point, what it, whether he's going to be there or not. Right, and they're just going to have to move on from whatever the final result is of what he's going to be dealing with. Now, we know that the Bolts get ready to head back home after taking on the Senators this Saturday. And, of course, their opponent that they're hosting are the Toronto Maple Leafs. Two things. Can we truly consider this a preview of any sort? And do the Maple Leafs, after the moves that they made at the trade deadline, do they kind of instill any sort of fear or make you feel like they're going to be a real contender to go against finally? I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a challenge. I'm not really sure sort of what the approach is going to be. I, 
you know, I think that sometimes teams don't want to show show their hands uh, too much about what they've got whenever they've they know that there's a much bigger games coming up not too far down the road. Um, but yeah, it'll be a good challenge. I, I think it'll be big for Vasilevsky to get in there and just see you know some of the shots from these guys that they that they're going to be up against. But Toronto, even more so than the Lightning, have been juggling the lineup like crazy lately. They've they've got a ton of extra bodies that they've been getting in and out of the lineup. A lot of the top guys have been sitting here and there. So I don't really even know what to make of their lineup um, right now. So mm-hmm. it, it's going to, it's going to provide a challenge. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be a, there might be a little bit of tone setting going on, but I, I don't, I'm not really sure that you're going to see necessarily the, the high end playoff intensity just yet. But I, I think that one team or another is going to want to send some sort of a message. And as far as the additions that Toronto made, I think that there are, they are a better team after the deadline than they were before. Uh, right. Especially, you know, they've got nine defensemen now. Um, I I kind of like their defense depth probably better than the Lightning's. And yeah. they've added up up front as well. Ryan O'Reilly was a huge um, add for them. He can kind of slide in wherever they want to in the lineup. And ultimately, I'll just say I think that they're a better team after the dead, deadline than they were before. You said something very important. Send a message. Somebody's going to send a message. Now, I yeah. felt like Vassy was trying to make a point to let people know, don't put me and Sorokin in the same sentence when he had that at-home shutout yeah. versus the Islanders. And, of course, he wasn't between the pipes last night. But then the next conversation that's been starting to stir a little bit is Samsonov for the Toronto Maple Leafs and people saying mm-hmm. that he's the best goalie in the league wild that we're that we're even having this conversation at this point but he's won 25 of 38 games goals against average is a 2.4 his save percentage as a, as a 916 with all of that in mind what message do you think is going to be sent when it comes down to the conversation of the best goaltender and do the maple leaves have any right to try to throw samsonov in this conversation versus a guy like andre vasileski yeah well, I think in a with a big team like Toronto and the, the huge media presence and everything, I, I think that, you know, whenever things are going well there, it's the greatest thing you ever see in your life. And when things are going bad, you know, it's the worst thing. So it, there's so many highs and lows around that team all the time. And Samsonov's had a, a great season. He's been kind of a surprise. I don't think they were expecting quite what they've gotten from him uh, so far. Um, yeah, I think the goaltending matchups can be huge because I thought that, that that's probably the biggest difference maker in the Lightning's favor. Uh, as as far as like I thought that the forwards are pretty close between the two teams, I think the defense probably swings a little bit in Toronto's favor. And I thought goaltending would be the biggest difference maker. And uh, Samsono has been pretty impressive this season. One thing that you know a lot of people will point to with him is that his record on the on the road is not nearly as good as it is at home. So that I think that'll be something interesting to play to pay attention to because um, you know obviously you got to play in in both teams' barns over the course of a playoff series. And so that'll be something that I pay attention to is, is how he does on the, on the road. And he hasn't really been thrown into a, a big playoff fire like this one so far in his uh, his career. That's a great point out, Henry, actually. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because something that I will be marking down uh, when I geek over the stats of how well he does when it's time to be greeted at Amelie Arena. Um, now, kind of pivoting away because we can only talk about playoffs so much until we get into the brunt of playoffs. With it being such a unique season, you had guys come in when Zach Bogosian and Anthony Sorelli were out. Nick Perbix, we've talked about at nauseum here on Pucks and Bolts, but he's been tremendous. 
Then you've got Mikhail Sergachev having a career season. So many different guys now stepping up to the plate and wearing different kinds of leadership hats. Uh, who are maybe two or three Bolts players that have stood out to you or who are not talked about enough in terms of their contribution or elevating their play this past season? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's probably one that a lot of people come back to, but I can't get past Brandon Hagel to me um, mm -hmm. coming. I, I think a lot of it to me comes back to the contract that he's on. Uh, $1.5 million. I think that's an absolute steal. I think he's got one of the best like uh, point or it's like dollars per point ratios in the NHL. Uh, yeah. Whenever they brought him in last year, you mentioned earlier, like his start was a bit slow in playoffs mm -hmm. and everything. Cause he was playing a little bit further down the lineup. And I've been just really impressed with him this year, being able to slide into that um, top line role for a lot of the season. Obviously they kind of shuffle the deck regularly. But him kind of sliding in to, to where he is in the lineup has been really impressive to me. And the, the scoring that he's added to complement playing with Point and Kucherov for a lot of the season has been really impressive to me. And um, like I, I keep coming back to the contract, it's, it's such great value. And the fact that he's on this deal for another year is a complete bargain. And they're making the most out of it so far with the way that he's produced. Yeah, and that's tremendous to think about where they can negotiate from there. And he's such mm -hmm. a humble guy. I mean, whenever you talk to him and try to rave on his skill set, I remember sitting with him in the locker room after practice once, kind of talking about where his game started to trend to. And, of course, he gives credit to everybody that he's played alongside of and kind of said something along the lines of, like, he's not the skilled player on the line. And I'm like, no, kid, you are you are a skilled player in your own way. So to have that kind of humility about you and to have such a dollar value on your name, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the team after this. But I feel like that's something that they're so good at, getting a good dollar value for guys that you know are going to have probably more of a long-term stay here in Tampa Bay versus a guy that's probably going to be out the door within a season or two. Uh, which kind of brings me to the idea the conversation of there's some guys who are probably on that one-year deal, the last leg of their deal. What Bolts players do you not expect to see in a Lightning sweater come next season? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I think the one that some people are kind of both ways on uh, is Kalorn. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, last year of his contract, uh, I think he's under like 4.5 million for right now. I, I think that's what he's at right now. And I, I think it's hard to imagine him getting that same number again i i would like to see him come back i know that there i know that i saw something yesterday that it's expected that he's going to go to the the open open market and free agency of course he's expressed mm -hmm. his desire in the past to want to stay in tampa so that that's a really interesting one to follow for me um yeah uh belmar is at the end of his uh his two-year deal i i have a hard time seeing him coming back next year considering that he's kind of on the the outside looking in at the lineup right now um yeah Corey perry is also up after this year and i could maybe see them maybe re-signing him to a cheap cheap deal just because i think that he provides uh, some real good value and experience compared to what his uh his contract has been these last two years mm -hmm. um so if i had to say you know i, I would like to see Kalorn of those three most re-sign but i know it's going to be a little bit tough and i think that the salary cap increase whatever that ends up being, if it ends up happening, I think that's going to be something to pay attention to for sure. Absolutely. Great points on all of that. And last but not least, the biggest thing that Tampa Bay likes to talk about, well, probably before the new year even ringed in, is when to hit the panic button, if it's time to hit the panic button. Between yeah. injuries, between record 
and not even record, just between the guys' results on the road. I think that they are only at uh, 18 wins, 21 losses, and one overtime on the road. Where are you at with hitting the panic button? Are you hovering over it? Are you hitting it now? And if you're not hitting the panic button, tell Bolts fans why not and why to just hang in there until the regular season officially closes. Yeah. Well, I like to consider myself pretty level-headed. So I don't, I don't <laughs> think that I'd be really hitting the panic button too much until I see the in the playoffs, maybe the other team having three wins against them in a series whenever they've got their backs against the wall. Just because, you know, I, I just believe in this, this team and this coaching staff just really knowing um, when it's time to go, and that's in playoffs, and they, they know what it takes to win. You know, they've, they've shown it three years in a row. And like I said earlier, as long as this core group is intact and they've got the goaltending uh, to go the distance, I, I believe that they're always going to have a chance to win. And I think that you'd be a, ever – Anyone who would ever pick against the Lightning is is a fool at this point. So I, I believe as long as they've got this group intact, you know, there's every reason to believe that they can make a run again in playoffs. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more in Coach Cooper and company we trust. And that'll be it for us here on Pucks and Bolts with Henry Yoho from Bolts by the Bay. Make sure to check him out and follow him on Twitter and other social media platforms. Once again, in order to catch this episode and all information regarding the Tampa Bay Lightning before they hit that playoff push, download the Odyssey app, search Pucks and Bolts, hit the auto download button to stay up to date on all of the excitement. And yes, I'm going to just manifest excitement regardless of how things have gone down in the past couple of games. I'm your host, Casey Hudson, joined by Henry Yoho, and we'll catch you guys next time. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 